The 2022 Baylor football season was a disaster, and I mean disaster. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's Friday. Uh, pretty much the only good news that I can give to you is that it is almost Christmas, uh, almost Christmas Eve at least. I think the other piece, there's a piece of bad news to give you. I don't have a microphone on me, which is like so on par with the night that I've had. I know you're probably listening to this on Friday. I'm recording this immediately after the game. Um, it, it just ended. I had the, um, I'll say privilege to go. It was a bowl game, right? You guys have all, a lot of you been saying like, oh, it's a bowl game. At least be excited that Baylor's in a bowl game. Um, I hope, I hope you've come off that pedestal because it was negative eight degrees. Baylor was playing Air Force and they got beat 30 to 15 in what caps off the, I, I, I don't know if you, you can't call it the most disappointing season of all time for Baylor football, but when you think about maybe the most underachieving football season in Baylor history. This one's got to go up there because you have a team that's top 10 preseason. Let me, think, let me take you back to a year ago where Baylor wins the Big 12 championship. Baylor wins the Sugar Bowl. They're 12-2. and two. Dave Aranda is the greatest coach that's ever existed. He's the best coach in the Big 12. And Blake Shapin could be first team all Big 12 next year if he beats out Gary Bohannon. Fast forward now, Baylor's 6-7. and seven got killed by Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl. And we're all sitting here on our hands in the midst of a season that started where the Bears were the top 10 and projected to win the Big 12. And like the opposite of that happened. It, it couldn't have gone. I'm trying to think of how things could have gone much worse. And there aren't a lot of scenarios that don't involve tragedy where this season does go worse in the way that it did. Uh, namely the game. I, I know, and I'm going to get into the game and a lot of what Dave Aranda said in his press conference too, because I thought there were some good bites and some interesting stuff. He was pressed uh, by a couple of reporters. I mean, he got some questions that were pointed as far as how this season, how this game went, and he gave some fairly honest answers. We'll get to that later on. We'll talk about the game later on. But right now, I I'm just stuck on this season and how awful it was. I will take you back to the game against Iowa State, to the game against Texas Tech, the game against Oklahoma. There are points in this year where you think, okay, the pieces are there. Richard Reese is really good. Shapin was really good against Iowa State. I felt like that first half against West Virginia, you saw kind of the potential of what Blake Shapin could have been this year. It was just never consistent. And in those games where Baylor had the football for 40 minutes and forced three or four turnovers, remember the Texas Tech game where Baylor forces, like, what was it, four interceptions, five interceptions of three different quarterbacks? And, and it's still the same team that put on that display against Air Force tonight, uh, last night. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me how the ceiling can be beating senseless a Texas Tech team, beating Oklahoma on the road despite not being a great Oklahoma team, going to Iowa State and getting a win, at least being competitive in a lot of games, and then being so non-competitive in three of your last four games when the trajectory felt so good for this team. We, we were sitting back, I mean, at least I was, at six and three thinking, okay, Baylor's receiving votes. They could be back in the top 25. Uh, Joe Goodman, just to shout him out from our Daily Bears, looked at me in the, in the broadcast booth or in the, in the press box one time and said, Drake, are you excited to go back to New Orleans? Like that, that's how close it felt like Baylor was to hitting the breakthrough, beating Kansas State, TCU, Texas, whatnot, and, and making their way back to the Sugar Bowl, or at least having a good year. 
Now, instead of even having a good year, they had, again, one of the most disappointing years that, I mean, it's got to be the maybe the worst, under most underachieved year in Baylor sports. Can we give it that superlative at least? Can we agree on that? And, and maybe, maybe I am spoiled for being upset with this. Um, and and I, you know, remember when Baylor only went one and eleven? You know, you should be lucky that Baylor's even in bowl games and stuff. And I, I don't think that excuse applies when you've seen the full potential of what Dave Aranda and Baylor can do. Dave Aranda said in his press conference, this is a disappointing end to a disappointing season. There's not really another way to spin it. That's what this year was. It was disappointing. And honestly, when you look at the trajectory of this program, uh, unless something changes in the transfer portal, which I feel like is possible, but unless it does change, this was a disaster. This was a devastating season for Baylor because looking forward into next year, what's what's your big glimmering sign of hope? And there are a couple, but there's not near the idea that Baylor is going to be good as there was the beginning of this year. And you lose your offensive line. You're trying to rebuild that from the portal. Your quarterback's got so many question marks. And behind him, there's literally nobody. I mean, I thought Blake Shapin played bad. Aranda's asked in his press conference what he thought about Shapin's performance. Shapin said the offense on a whole was bad. Uh, and then defensively, uh, Travis Roeder put out a great tweet that Baylor will likely replace I say replace, they will start eight new guys on defense next year on a defensive unit that was not not very good. Uh, Air Force ran all over them. And a lot of the teams toward the end of the year, Texas, TCU, when it mattered, especially Kansas State, also ran all over them. So what? what what's the trajectory of this program going into next year? Baylor now, in three seasons under Dave Aranda, has two years under 500. Even if you take out that first year, which I mean, how much can you really? It's two years under 500, maybe a year under 500, but that year under 500 was awful with a team that was supposed to be really good. Also, in that three years, though, Aranda owns the best season in Baylor football history, the 12 and 2 Sugar Bowl win. So I, I, I don't know. Like, is it my job? Is it my job to figure out? what is happening or why i guess i can have opinions on it it's not my job to figure it out but like i don't know if i do have an opinion on the fact that dave aranda owns two years under 500 coupled with the greatest year that baylor football has ever experienced since the birth of the program it, it doesn't click in my head how that makes sense and overall it doesn't make sense but that's where this team is and i asked coach aranda in the post-game press conference. And again, he got some pointed questions. But uh, first thing, Coach, at at four losses in a row, four losses in a row, you lose Novosad, you lose drones. How do you keep all of this, a bad month, from spiraling? Here's what he had to say. Uh, Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. For four straight losses and Novosad drones, how do you take a tough month and keep it from spiraling? I uh, appreciate the question. I think it's to focus on things that um, are right in front of you, things that you can control. I think, you know, um, I think the morning of, yeah, so yesterday morning, right, the morning of signing, um, I show up, it's early in the morning, and one of our video guys is there, and I, I'm going to go grab a cup of coffee, and I ask him how he's doing, and he goes, ah, oh, you know, I'm kind of, not great. And I asked him, you know, what's going on? 
and he brought up the recruiting part that you mentioned and and I just think you know that that was a struggle for us just with the losing and everything else too it just kind of per, uh, permeates and you know I think the staff meeting we had yesterday morning was man look at all the guys that we got look at all of the the, the talent that we have the people that the the people that are now going to be a part of Baylor, the families are now be part of Baylor, and how much they wanted to come to come to Baylor, and uh, you know, people that are just going to make you and me and everyone else so much better, and so I think it's you have to be intentional about seeing um, the good and everything that's happening, but then you have to focus on what's right in front of you, and so I think that's a, that's a day to day. Um, hour by hour thing when you're kind of in a storm. Yeah, so that's the answer that Aranda gave. Um, there's a good mix. There's a good mix of coach speak in that the day to day, hour to hour. Uh, but I also think there's there's something to the fact that this is it, it, there's some positives still, right? That he's talked to the coaching staff that what what can we do as a program to take the new guys coming in, especially I thought he really answered a lot of that in regard to Novosad and losing Novosad. What can we do as a program to right the ship on that? And it's focus on the guys who are committed, which I think is a really good strategy for Randa and company and hit the transfer portal hard. You'll hear his press conference later on. He talks a lot about that too. And, and that to me, it says something good. Now, again, there's that coach speak part two, though, of like, gosh, when, when is like the click? When is the, okay, Baylor's better at football now? All right, all right. I uh, had to pause it to cool down. All right, before we go into the bowl game, um, I, I want it uh, – I want to pause and tell you about LinkedIn Talent Solutions. LinkedIn Talent Solutions is like the apex. It is you need to find somebody, you need to hire somebody, you need somebody uh, to work with your job. I, I cannot recommend LinkedIn Talent Solutions enough. It is the number one place to go. Purple hashtag hiring frame. Baylor's needing to do this right now as a defensive coordinator. You put in these questions, you add your job, and you can narrow down candidates faster. Simple tools. All of that at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Right now, they are rated number one by small businesses for finding the right hire faster. LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Go to linkedin.com forward slash lockdown college and you can put your job offer up there for free. Keep in mind, terms and conditions do apply. All right. Um, the Air Force game is was bad. Um I, I called Cameron after the game was over and just, what were your thoughts? And he goes, I think I would describe it as bad. And uh, Dave also described it again as bad, disappointing way to end a disappointing season. He said the offense was really bad too. Uh, wholly bad, I think, or, or bad in a hole, as he said. And to me, the defense stood out. Like, look, you, look, you are playing Air Force. And I, I wasn't in the coaches' meetings this week, and I didn't help put the game plan together and everything for Baylor. But I can tell you, Air Force runs the football a lot. They actually, they, they, they actually almost only run the football in the triple option. Baylor allowed 276 yards of offense um, via only the run, 67 yards passing, which is like 10% of what Air Force threw for the entire year, or their quarterback threw for the entire year. But that 276. Only I, I can't like, you know, they're just going to run the ball. And they kept doing it successfully. And I'm sure it's frustrated every other opponent Air Force has had this season. But the fact they go for 276 and Baylor's offense running the football only goes for 42 yards. That's not good. 
Uh, Air Force had 67 rushing attempts. Baylor only had 26. Baylor kind of gave up on the run because they couldn't run it. They were 1.6 yards per carry to Air Force. Air Force's 4.1 passing yards. 103 for Air Force. You would think this is where Baylor can really exploit the Falcons. Uh, no, only 188 for the Bears. 11 for 23, Blake Shapin. That's going to be a point of conversation for the rest of the offseason as well. And here is your wonderful, amazing stat of the game. Baylor on third down in this ball game goes 0 for 11. That's right, 0 for 11. On third and fourth down combined, they go a total of 3 for 17. That's 3 for 6 on fourth down, 0 for 11 on third down. Just dismal. I you can't you can't offensively get much worse than that, uh, especially without turning the ball over. Like that wasn't even an issue, and you you just couldn't get yards. It wasn't that oh we made some stupid mistakes. It was oh our offense was just really bad uh, against a, a solid Air Force defense. But your Baylor, your your four stars, your three four stars, and you laid an egg against Air Force. In a, in a pretty dramatic way, with the nation watching, by the way. This game was televised on, on ESPN. It was the only bowl game of the day. So anyone who wanted to watch college football was watching Baylor and Air Force, and they saw the Bears have 19 minutes and 57 seconds of possession time. Um, that's not good. It's not a lot. Air Force had 40 minutes and three seconds. One of their drives went almost nine minutes, their first scoring drive of the game. And you kind of knew at that point, this is likely not going to go very well. It was a touchdown for Baylor right there at the end of the half and the two-minute drill. I thought it would be their only touchdown of the game that kept them in it, per se, at half. It was only 9-7 to seven instead of 9 to nothing, which is probably what it should have been. Um, and the second half, like, all right, here's your, your within striking distance. Baylor, go do it. And they, they didn't do it. Uh, I want to give a free pass. I don't give out very many free passes. I want to give a free pass to John Mayers and Isaac Power because they were kicking a brick. Like the, the ball was frozen solid. Fans, I want to commend those who, who showed up. I would not. I'm usually the guy that takes a picture of the crowd and makes some kind of joke about it wherever I am because crowds in college sports are dwindling. This one, it makes sense. I was I was in the press box and my hands were so cold I could barely type. I, I, I can't imagine what it was like outside. So those that came you're far better than I am. I would probably not have been able to brave that, to be honest with you. And the fact you did says a lot. Any Baylor fan that was at that game, you deserve a badge of honor. And it makes me it makes me sad. The players aren't playing inherently for the fans, right? They're they're playing for so much more than that. But if you're a Baylor player, you look at your band. Their their instruments were frozen. They couldn't play, so they were singing their songs because their instruments were frozen. You look up if you're a fan or if you're a player, you look up at the stands and you see. These fans who they're frozen, the instruments are frozen for the band, the fans are frozen in general. And to me, it would just make me hit a separate gear and want to play that much better for the people there. And instead, Baylor put out a performance where they had 230 total yards of offense. Uh, and it probably couldn't have been a worse, more boring game. That is that that's and again, the players aren't doing this just for the fans, but wow. You would expect, I mean, I at least would want as a player to put on a show, to do something for the people that showed up in negative eight degrees where where I don't even know how people were sitting in that, especially with the game that was put on. And it's just sad the way that everything went. In this game, in this season, it was the perfect finish to a terrible year. 
And now we've got an entire offseason to sit and talk about it, to sit and talk about what Baylor can do a lot better next year. The monkey is the monkey's off your back. The, the, not the monkey, the, the pressure's off your shoulders here. The monkey's probably back on your back, but the pressure's off your shoulders. And you're not the preseason favorite in the Big 12. You're not even ranked preseason. All right, you're the, you're the underdog. Go retake that underdog role and go do something special next year if you're Baylor. Uh, there's been an underdog-type team in the Big 12 championship, it feels like, once almost every year at this point because the parity in the league, TCU obviously being this year's. Go do that as Baylor next year. The pressure's off. Go play loose. Go do it. Now, obviously, today's game was terrible. Uh, last night's game was terrible. If if you want to hear from Dave Aranda, we've got it all loaded up. I've got his best sound bites right here for you. And there, there are some good ones because he was asked again some pointed stuff. But first, before we get to Dave, I'll tell you about NHT, NHTSA. So did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? So driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone knows. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? They see it every day. Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. Driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high get a DUI. Dave, take it away. Relationships you built and the, uh, you know, the, the people, the people that they are and, uh, you know, you, it's hard to say goodbye, especially after, you know, an outcome like this. And, um, you know, that's where we're at. You know, I, I just, I'm, I am proud of the fight that we had, you know, Dylan's on the field, there's 20 seconds left, the game is way out of reach, and we're fighting for a yard, and uh, we're able to kind of uh, hold it off and then come off the field excited, and I think that kind of speaks uh, to these guys. I think, you know, from a team perspective, it's a disappointing end to a disappointing season. Um, a lot, um, a lot to be learned for our returners and our younger people. Um, you know, a lot to to look at and to try to emulate as well. You know, I think the the fight that we just mentioned in the showing up um, under tough circumstances and the never backing down, but the always putting yourself out there. Uh, things like like Dylan did tonight, I think, are are things that uh, we can build on. Would that take any questions you guys have? Just for Dylan, <coughs> you want to grab the mic real quick, just so people can hear back there. Yeah, uh, Dylan, uh, their, their quarterback Daniels, he came up with a lot of big plays. What what made him so tough to deal with? <clears throat> yeah, he's a good player. Ford's a good player, and. He's athletic. He can he can make all the throws and make all the runs. And um, him and twenty really made their offense run. And we saw that, we saw that on tape. That wasn't really surprising. Um, like disappointed in in the way that we played as defensive players. Um, uh, I mean, and that starts with me. Um, I, I misfit some runs. I I should have pulled up the quarterback a couple, a couple times. And 
Um, I mean, looking back, you always think of the things that you could have done better, and um, I don't know. I'm I'm just thankful for for the opportunity to step out there tonight one last time with those guys. And um, hard to say goodbye, as as coach mentioned. Like I'm going around the locker room before this, hugging every guy, and um, I mean it's three years worth of relationships, and so um, definitely hard to say goodbye. In the back, Dylan Eric Kelly from Fox 44 Sports in Waco. It may be hard to do right after a loss, but just as well as you can. Uh, can you sum up what being a Baylor Bear has been like for you? Yeah, I don't know if I can give you a good sound bite right now. Um, the, uh, I mean, I'll I'll take a few weeks here and and think about what it really means to me um, to be a Baylor Bear. But um, I mean, coming down here as a as a twenty year old kid and. Um, you know, committing to co play for Coach Aranda and um, just the, the program that he's built. I'm really proud to be a part of hopefully what's just starting at Baylor. Um, I mean, I'm super excited for the young guys in the in the locker room, just looking around the, the work that I've seen them put in um, and what they'll show in the years to come. Um, I hope I'm I hope I've started something um, that I'm going to be proud of down the road. Uh, I'm super proud of um, the guys in the locker room right now and just the whole team. I'm, I'm so thankful for the relationships. And that was the biggest thing when I wanted to commit was I wanted to commit to a place where I was proud to go back and visit. And um, I'm going to be proud to go back and visit Baylor, that's for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm just so thankful for everybody in Waco. And um, it's, uh, yeah, Baylor means the world to me. And um, just very proud to, to call myself a Baylor Bear for life. Dave, oh. 65 Sports. Dave, last year at this time, you're preparing for a Sugar Bowl. Best season in Baylor history, a Big 12 championship. Has this program taken advantage of that in any way with the momentum, or have you gone backwards? I appreciate the question. You know, I think of just as a completely different team last year to this year. And I think a lot of learning for me, you know, um, you know, I look back now and I've had some time to do, to do this, uh, prior to, uh, this question. And, um, you know, I, I, I see the things that, um, I see some things coming. There's other things I didn't see coming. And that's, that's probably a lack of experience on my part. Um, and, you know, I think to be real transparent about that um, only helps you get better. And then, you know, I think the, the, the college uh, football world, as it changes with transfer portal and, and, and everything else, I think, you know, our, just my personal, um, you know, um, view of that and, and, and that's something here to stay and how that benefits us. I think all of that, I think, is, has grown throughout this year. And this year could almost be taught, be looked at as a lesson in that. And so I just see us getting better, you know. I think the, um, for the guys that are returning to see the work, uh, despite the, despite the not, um, you know, the, the work despite the not instant gratification and continue to work, they're going to see, they've seen that. And then they're going to see, you know, the um, the adversity 
uh, and, and how to handle it. And I think we'll only be better because of it. Time for one or two more here. Dave, uh, Parker Ream, Fox 44 in Waco. Uh, obviously kind of going along with that right over here. Um, going along with that, you have kind of new motivation heading into next year and you guys won't be looked at as necessarily the favorites. What's the next step heading into the off season and what do you think you guys need to do to be better prepared for next year? Appreciate that. Yeah, um, I think we're still in the midst of recruiting. So there's a couple um, pretty valued uh, spots that uh, we've got some valued prospects for. And January, there's a limited kind of uh, window there to be able to get some guys to campus and um, to see if something can work out and all of it. And so um, we're going to be working on that. And then, you know, finalizing, you know, our, our, our team now in terms of, um, you know, what that team's going to look like for next year. Uh, and then I guess the third piece would be the class that we just signed. It was so impressive and um, so excited about is uh, getting them settled in and really setting um, um, standards and ex expectations on, on uh, how winter's going to go so that we can get started off on the right spot. I think all of that's aided with a team that's uh, been through some tough lessons and has seen, you know, one way to do it per Smoke's question, one way to do it and another way to do it. And uh, we all got to get aligned to do it the right way. Hey, how did you see uh, Blake playing in this game? And how much was he impacted by the elements, do you think? Appreciate that. Yeah, I disappointed just on a whole offensively. I just thought that uh, you know, I, there, the previous games um, there was um, probably more more juice and excitement and all of it to play, and just way disappointed and just the lack of that. And um, you know, I, I think it really starts the run game. Um, you know, that is really the identity of our offense and you could argue our team and you know um, a lot of credit goes to Air Force and just always being where they need to be and the effort that they played with and just all of it uh, but yet I don't think we we uh, held up to our our side of the bargain and then I could see Blake press in and it just kind of fell apart from there so it's just a very bad ending um, and disappointed in that a lot to improve on. Michael. Dave, right here. Michael Haig, Baylor Lariat. You, before the game yesterday, you said it, you called this the who wants it the most bowl. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like the focus and the energy was there going into it? or? Mm -hmm. I felt it, yeah. Um, you know, I bring up, you, you, there's, I, I bring up um, the times that, um, well, we just talked about one, 20 seconds left in the game and guys were fighting for it. I think a couple of series before, there was another one that was similar where time was kind of, um, you know, the score and the time was kind of out of it. I think it was the, was it the one right before, I want to say, right? And so, yeah, I think all those are, are, um, are views of just a fight, you know? I think Christian Morgan is a great one. I mean, he made a great play in that. You look at Christian and his journey and just the, all the, um, we'll call them learning experiences and just all of the, the uh, the people that have come to him and have helped him and the trust that he's gained in people, man, all that's just so cool. And then to see him at the end of it fight and not be pointing fingers and, you know, palms up and any of that, 
So I, I saw that there was positive in that. That was Dave Aranda, um, a somber Dave Aranda. You know, talks about how sad he is for the seniors. I'm sad for the seniors. I'm, I'm a senior too. Not on the football team, so I'm not sad for myself. But wow, tough way to go out, especially after last year. And, and phew, the dichotomy, two Sugar Bowls in the last four years for yours truly, and two seasons that just are so forgettable, very forgettable. I did not buy an Armed Forces t-shirt. I hope that if you went at the game, you bought one so you can remember the coldest you've ever been in your entire life. But that's it. We'll see you again next week. Um, Christmas, go have a Merry Christmas, have a great holiday. Spend it with family. Thank you for making this show your first listen every single day. Um, we'll be back at some point next week, likely the 27th. Take a couple days off for Christmas, then bring you guys some shows back and, and get back into the Baylor spirit because basketball season's going on and the football offseason is going to be awesome with where Baylor goes at quarterback, where Baylor goes the rest of the offense and the defense, honestly. All that and more unlocked on Baylor. <laughs>